Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families we're going to be talking about understanding VCs and why they are the investment vehicles for the future for family businesses and to unpack this discussion I have with me Fuyani Tati and I'm very excited to have him because he's been working in this space for a while and he can give us insight on why this space is very important for families as an investment vehicle so welcome Fuyani. Hi, Titi. Thank you for having me. And before we jump into the topic of the day, can you just please introduce yourself to my audience so that they know who you are and what you do? Sure. As I said, I'm Viani Tati. I'm the fund manager uh, for a new fund called the Appetite Catalytic Growth Fund, um, which is currently raising. Um, but I also am part of an accelerator called Startup Bootcamp Appetite. And we basically work with early stage businesses and accelerating them uh, for growth a lot uh, on the continent. Let's start this discussion right at the beginning, because I know there are some families that will listen to this and they have heard the term VCs before, but it hasn't been something that they have been able to unpack for themselves. So can you unpack for us what right. is a VC and what what do VCs do and why do are they interested in families investing in them? Sure. So a venture capitalist, uh, the VC is basically an early stage investor that backs private so companies how, uh, quite early on. So it could be as early as the idea stage or um, at you know the, the growth stage, which is where more prominent VCs operate. Uh, with the aim of making returns, outsized returns um, for investors. Um, so that's that's basically what they do. It's a subset of the private equity field. Um, it's just that we operate uh, far earlier, but you know, in terms of mechanisms and logistics, uh, if if you understand private equity, we operate in a similar. Way. I think for families, um, um, it's where they have built these these built these businesses. A lot of them are still very much in first gen, and yeah, you're coming to them and you're saying, okay, um, we have we are VC. We would want to get you on board at the early stage of investment of these amazing ideas. And they're saying, well, you know what? We've got family members that we can invest in that have got amazing event, uh, investment ideas. Why should we come to you um, and yeah. fund so what you're doing as opposed to funding someone within the family? Uh, great question. So my rebuttal to that is, you know, there's there's a certain set of skills that are needed to invest in early stage businesses. Um, similarly, there's a different way of thinking and operating when running an early stage business. So the venture capitalist's job is not just to find and source these founders to invest in, 
but also to ensure that they're abiding by the right business principles to actually help them. Um, and one element that I didn't mention earlier is that the kind of businesses that VCs tend to invest aren't your typical traditional businesses per se. Um, they generally tech high growth businesses that have the opportunity to you know make outsized returns. Um, but from our lens, they even have a you know the greater utility of providing them more impact. Um, on you know the, the end users that these startups are actually providing the service. I'm when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking, okay, um, it makes sense. They're more vetted. Um, there's more. Uh, there's there's more higher chances of these businesses growing. But still, why should I look at these businesses as potential investments as compared to? businesses that have been operating and have got a healthy balance sheet? Well, if we just look at the numbers and the returns profile of it, right? So the traditional businesses can grow, you know, they're lucky. Um, but the bets that we are making, you know, you stand a chance of making, you know, 10 to even 50, 100 times your money. Um, having invested so if using examples if you put in a million dollars into an early stage venture uh the likelihood of it going to 100x is, is high but that being said it's it's also quite risky so you're also at the risk of, of of using it all but that's where you know choosing the right and you know venture capitalist uh to back um makes it you know more likely that you'll actually get your money back and that's where venture capitalists make their money, right? They're not just going to place bets in early stage businesses because of that outsized return. They also balance the fact that that return needs to come back to investors. So uh, our job is to back the right jockey. And, and with family businesses who have bases as first gens, um, they know what it means to actually back the right kind of founder. So partnering with the VC that understands what it takes to actually build a business will actually guarantee outsized returns for the family to the investments um, and actually get that back to you. So from a pure financial perspective, there's greater upside. And uh, as VCs, we are far more skilled risk uh, managers at an early stage to ensure that these businesses that we invest in become generational businesses going forward. So you know the traditional businesses are great, but in terms of growth profile, they are quite low um, uh, in terms of like getting those returns. So my next question to follow that up would be, if a family wants to get involved or um, a, a part of the family's investment vehicle says, okay, I want to get involved. I want to um, put my money towards investing in, in your VC. Um, are they allowed to pick and choose which businesses that um, you're going to put the funds towards? Or is it a case of you choose what does it look like in terms of their customer journey or their investment journey if they partner up with an organization such as yours? Sure. So taking it back to the beginning in terms of fund structures. So you'd be backing the jockey in this instance being the VC. So when a family makes an investment, they make it into what we call a limited partnership. Um, and that's, you know, in partnership with the VCs. Um, 
the family then can dictate um, certain um, industry vehicles that they 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 are more interested in, or they can restrict uh, certain industries that they are not interested in um, that they would want to invest in. But um, at a startup level, that decision is done mainly by the VC. So from a customer journey, from the family office perspective, you are doing your due diligence on the venture capitalist. So if they have a track record, you would look at the investments they've made, the returns they've brought to date, um, and then make the decision whether or not you want to back that venture capitalist and enter into uh, what we term an LPGP uh, agreement. And what that entails is, uh, you know, it, determines profit share, which in this instance um, generally is an 80-20 split. So 80% of the profits in terms of returns go back to the family office as well. And then the remaining 20% goes to the GP. Um, but that split only happens once a certain threshold of returns have been met. And that we term the hurdle rate. Um, and the only other additional cost that the family office would pay is management fees, which are a percentage of committed uh, funds that you're putting towards the venture capital. Um, so roughly that's what it looks like. Um, and that's what the, the family office would be looking at. So they'd be back in the, the jockey in this instance is the general partners of the VC. And we can delve into some of the considerations that go into addressing this. When you look at the success rate of VCs on the continent, what are you seeing at the moment? Are you getting a, are you getting support from family businesses and family offices? Are they choosing this as an investment vehicle of choice? Um, if they are, do you have any success stories you can share? If they are not, what are some of the issues that you are seeing that they're facing that are stopping them from choosing this investment vehicle? Sure. Um, well, venture capital on the continent is still quite early and it's a growing um, fledging market. Um, and it's still one that alludes, you know, family offices or family businesses. In terms of family offices that have invested in, in such vehicles, the prominent one that comes to mind is, you know, the Rupert family um, out in South Africa. And I know the Oppenheimers are also now starting to look at um, backing uh, venture capitalists and fund managers on the continent. But um, it's been tricky for a lot of venture capitalists to get into family offices. Uh, one, because of you know, having to educate uh, a lot of family offices around what venture capital actually is. And two, access to family offices is still something that's uh, quite elusive to a lot of people. Um, and on the continent, it's even more difficult because a lot of family offices prefer less riskier assets um, to invest in. So they invest in your traditional private equity and real estate um, and having access to, you know, uh, venture capital funds that outperform is also quite quite scarce. Um, in terms of success stories, it's it's still quite early, but there are some funds yeah, that are doing amazing things. I think what we need to be seeing more 
um, on the continent, again, is more African-backed uh, venture capital businesses because yeah. a lot of the VCs that are operating um, tend to come from outside of the continent. And that has its own pros and cons. Um, but for the most part, they tend not to back, you know, African founders or our own people. Um, or they don't have the right kind of knowledge to truly extrapolate value and have the right kind of impact on the continent. Um, that being said, there's still quite a massive appetite uh, by these guys to invest in the continent. For example, Apartec just raised $250 million uh, to invest in fintech um, African companies, which is quite exciting for the organization. So to... Again, you know, pitch VC as as a as a nice means in the future of of the continent is that now you'll be backing founders like myself or fund managers like myself that actually understand, you know, founders on the continent understands the problems that need to be solved on the uh, on the continent, and, and we have way more um insight and opportunity to really back you know founders that are solving very critical on the ground problems uh, way better than what foreign yeah, investors would actually do. So yeah, without uh, going on and rambling, I would say then that uh, it's still a growing um, industry, uh, which presents a lot of opportunity for family offices to actually back the right fund managers to have great impact on the content. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. My next question would be, is there a minimum um entry level bar that you look at when you're looking at funders or families that are looking into getting into vcs uh, the question being that the continent being as big as they it is we have less family offices than um our global counterparts or um more um international destinations that have more liquidity but we do have a rising um, high net worth class that is not yet an ultra high net worth yeah. but has got investment funds and so understanding what options are available for so them and is it something that they should be looking at if they haven't been looking at it uh, the answer is yes right so in terms of that depends on one that's the the size of the fund that so the, the venture capital has raised or is raising um and two the stage at which um the vc invests right so as a general principle the bigger the fund size the bigger the threshold the beauty of the continent is that because we're so early that threshold is still rel relatively low compared to our more established ecosystems in Europe and the US and some parts of Asia. So you're finding that we don't need big fund sizes. It's like my fund size is only $10 million. And that requires a minimum check size of $500,000 to participate. Right? And those check sizes actually, you know, dictate the the size of investments I make in the underlying startups, of which my check sizes will vary between two hundred and fifty and five hundred thousand dollars, with the aim of ten xing that investment um, in each. So, when a family office is looking to deploy that kind of capital, um, when you back, you know, um, emerging um, VCs, 
or VCs that are looking to invest uh, smaller funded funds or fund sizes, um, you'll find that the entry point is 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 easier to to get into than if you're looking to get into a Sequoia, for example, which is far more established um, and more expensive. So that's that's where the opportunity lies. The entry price is quite low um, for a lot of the investors. I think that's encouraging, especially more so because, like you said, it's it's a growing market on 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 both yeah, ends in terms of the VC yeah. space is something that is still um not getting as much support as it should on the continent or as it can, um and there are a lot of businesses in startup phase that need that support and um there are businesses that have uh, are going through capable hands and getting the right support. And also, there's exactly. also this no, um, exactly. demographic of emerging so, high net worth individuals who are not familiar sure. with um, VC funding space or VC investment but space. So there has to be a balance well. out. What work is being done around education for um, families or potential investors? Uh, and what spaces can uh, these families reach out to or get involved in that will get them up to speed and, and give them enough information about what's going on in the industry, what they need to know, how they can grow within the space and um, even the types of companies they should be looking at or um, should be more aware of as they look at investing. Yeah, sure. So there's a number of publications out there that are, uh, are trying to capture a lot of what's happening on the ground um, in terms of early stage companies. Um, yes, a lot of them are skewed towards tech enabled businesses, um, but there's also a, a a, a greater appreciation and focus on just backing SMEs in general. So some of the publications that are out there, there's uh, Disrupt Africa, there's Venture Burn, there's a publication called The Tech Cabal um, that basically uh, speaks around what in investors and as VCs are doing, as well as what um, founders are doing on the ground and the problems that they're trying to solve uh, on the ground. And that being said, you know, family officers shouldn't be scared of the fact that these are tech businesses because what we're finding on the ground, and when I say we, is because our accelerator program is, is Pan-African, we get first sight of, you know, the solutions on the ground and being solved. And a lot of them tend to also have a very... Um, tangible application to it so real world tangible application to it. so you know in, in in industries or businesses that you know family offices have operated in you'll find that there's a startup or a business that's actually can complement and actually grow your business and why not take two bites in a cherry and invest in that business as well while also helping to grow your, your current business um to add on with what's happening on the ground, there's a lot of organizations out there that are trying to spread the gospel, like ourselves at Startup Bootcamp, myself at uh, the Catalytic Growth Fund, 
Um, there's conferences such as Africa Arena that take place uh, uh, across the continent. Uh, they're currently having their their first uh, conference out in Johannesburg right now, and they're going to have their next one in Senegal and uh, Egypt in the next coming months. So that's something to look out for as well. And that's a great place to actually engage with early stage uh, investors as well as founders. And you can learn way more around what's, what's on offer the different stages of companies as well as different uh, investment hypotheses from venture capitalists and you'll definitely find one that meets that particular mandate um, and if you're looking for impact which is something a lot of family offices are looking for this is also a vehicle that can generally hit those markers quite quite aggressively so there's a lot happening um, there's a lot of publications available and i'll gladly share more um, that I might not have mentioned uh, at the moment. No, I completely um, appreciate you taking time today to have this conversation and unpack VC, the work you do, as well as the possibilities that families have out there. Are there any final parting words that you may have that you want my listeners to keep top of mind, especially if they are looking at wading into the space? as well as um, how can they reach out to you to find more information about um, the companies you're working with? Yeah, sure. I think for me, the, the parting shots, um, two family offices, which has been my philosophy, is that sometimes to cement your legacy also means investing in the future. And if you're backing, you know, emerging fund managers like myself, who's actually on the ground and nurturing the future, um, taking that leap of faith and backing, you know, founders like myself will actually go a long way to cementing that legacy and your legacy going forward. Um, in terms of where they can get a hold of me, if they want to speak uh, about VC or find out more about my fund, uh, you can reach me easily. You can find me on LinkedIn, which is Vianne Tati. Um, you can also email me directly at briani.tati at acgc.vc. Um, I think those are the prominent places where you can reach me. And I'll gladly take a call or meeting and run you through this exciting industry, which is the future of Africa, in my opinion. Well, thank you so much. You appreciate um, the time you spent unpacking this for us, Briani. No, thank you for taking the time and giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. It's greatly appreciated. Uh -huh.